Hi, welcome to the Geeky Retro Nerd Show. My name is Adam and I am a Geeky Retro Nerd. And the show, as always, is with the support of the lovely, lovely folks at Truffle Shuffle. And if you head over to their website at truffleshuffle.com, you will see that they have an array a vast array of geeky t-shirts and superb retro gifts. And if you use my exclusive code GRNS15, you will get 15% off a spend of £25 or more. Crack and deal. So for this episode, I'm going to keep the Christmas festivities going. Last episode, I spoke about the fantastic film Gremlins. Uh, this episode, I'm going to do another countdown, and I'm going to count down top five Christmas presents. And it's a top five Christmas presents that I received. Hopefully you recognise some of these and you can, you can reminisce, reminisce with me as I talk about these, these things that I received. Um, but what I wanted to say first is, you know, Christmas when I was a kid was great. And I know my mum listens to these. Um, I think it's fair to say that my mum and dad didn't have a lot, but they always made sure that me and my two sisters had an excellent Christmas, and it always was. Uh, we always got everything we asked for, um, and Christmas was such a special time. We would, it was the old story, would be up at two o'clock, can we get up yet? Three o'clock, can we get up yet? Four o'clock, can we get up yet? No, get back to bed. Um, and we'd always be up dead early, because it was an exciting time. The, the, that made it so exciting for her. Me and me, me and my sisters used to be past ourselves to get up and go downstairs and see what Santa had brought her. And we'd be up at the crack of dawn and we'd get up and we'd go downstairs and we'd open our presents. And like I say, we always got what we wanted and um, and then we'd sort of sort ourselves out, play with our new toys for a little bit and then we'd head over to my grandma and granddad's and then we'd have more presents there as well. And um, it was great. My grandma and granddad made it a really special time as well. And, and we used to have such a superb time. So let's get stuck straight in. At number five is this. The Vikings and the Barbarians will do battle this day with crossbows and catapults. They skirmish at the outposts and at the heavily guarded fortresses this furious action with warriors, spies, the mighty Minotaur bells defiance at the frightful Cyclops, and the earth trembles. Crossbows and catapults by Lakeside. The fantasy adventure with real action. Better luck next time. Oh. Now, crossbows and catapults. What a game. It was absolutely brilliant, and I loved it. Uh, crossbows and catapults is a game of physical skill, first released in 1983, and it's since been published by several different game publishers now when i had it it was by action gt remember them they were like the the kings of games at the time so when i was a kid we used to play board games all the time like monopoly and we used to play uh, the real ghostbusters game (laughs) snakes and ladders that kind of stuff this was like a step up from that and in the game two sides originally vikings and barbarians which is what it was when i had it built fortifications from plastic bricks then opposing players attempt to destroy each other's castle with rubber band powered crossbows and catapults firing plastic discs so you had you had you had two opposing teams and um, the vikings and the barbarians so you and your mate it was only it was only two player really so you and your mate would sit at either side 
and um, one of you was Vikings, one of you was Barbarians, and you had to set up your castle, and you had to set up your little bricks to protect your castle, and you were equipped with crossbows and catapults, and there were little little plastic crossbows and catapults with elastic bands on, and you had these uh, little discs, and what you would do is, they were little, in fact, I'm saying little, they were quite hefty, they had a bit of weight on them, um, <laughs> They could do some damage, and they probably did in my house. Um, and and what you used to do is, so with a with a um, crossbow, you used to skeet them along the floor. You used to draw it back and smack them. And if you had a good carpet, you didn't want too deep a pile of carpet when you were playing this. And you used to you used to you used to smack it, and it would skeet them along the the carpet towards your opponent. And then obviously the 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 catapult, and that was the crossbow. The catapult. You would just put the disc on, you would pull it back and let it go, and it would sort of fire the disc over the top. So you and your pal would have like a little castle. And the aim of the game, actually there was loads of different rules to the game, but really we just wanted to um, knock seven bells out of each other. <laughs> there was proper rules, but we hardly ever played them. And you had like a play mat in front of you, and your, your castle went on top of the little picture of the treasure on the play mat and the way we used to play it was um when your castle was knocked off the top of the treasure that was you had the treasure and you won so to stop your castle being knocked off the treasure you had to build your little bricks in front of it and then obviously you took your turns of using the catapult and the crossbow and each time you would hope to chip away at the little brick wall that you'd set up in order to get a clear shot at the castle and it was cool because the castle had a little door on the front. And if you hit it, it activated the little walkway on the top of the castle, which you used to stand your little figures on. So when the disc hit the door, it would um, sort of eject your little people off the top. And it was amazing. Absolutely, absolutely loved it. And this, this is sort of towards the late 80s I had this, I think. And that occupies my number five spot so what's at number four well at number four is this manta force searching the universe for earth's twin planet an entire space battle force in one gigantic ship manta force from bluebird i can remember when i was young i think i must have been about seven years old and i'm sure my mom had us um in a toy shop it might have been the toy bit in phoenix in newcastle upon tyne in England, um, and I remember seeing Manta Force, and it was made by Bluebird, and it was it was a, a vision of beauty. It was like I, I was looking at it, and, and like everything else blurred out, and there was a light shining down on Manta Force, <laughs> seven years old, and I was like, "Oh, ma'am, I really, really want that for Christmas." And what it was was this: it was a big. Well, it felt big at the time. I'm not sure how big it actually was, but as a, as a, as a seven-year-old child, it was massive. It was a massive um, spaceship, and it had like a handle on the top of it, and you could you could carry it and swoop it around and make it fly and all sorts. But the best part about it was that it opened up, and inside there was ten smaller ships, spaceships that you could take out and fly around, and it was absolutely amazing. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, and as most things 
uh, at that time in the 80s, there was a backstory to it. <laughs> and the backstory was, by 2012, humans had colonized, so this is what, six years ago? <laughs> by 2012, humans had colonized many planets throughout the solar system, including Mars, Jupiter, Venus, and Saturn. The planet Earth, however, had become polluted and overpopulated. In an attempt to save mankind, President Bataille ordered the creation of the Manta ship. Manta Force was an acronym for Multiple Air Naval Terrain Assault Force and was the most advanced Earth ship ever built. It was designed to work in any environment and its engine was fueled by a substance called thorium. So... Uh, incredible story you know we, we so this should have happened by now six years ago we should have colonized um planets including mars jupiter venus and saturn according to uh bluebird but you know as a kid seven-year-old kid well into star wars and sci-fi and all this kind of stuff this was this was a dream toy for me and i used to play with it for hours i absolutely loved it in fact i don't know what happened to it have you still got it ma'am <laughs> If you have, I want to play with it again. I absolutely loved it. Um, and, and we all had it. Every kid had it. Unfortunately, it, its popularity really sort of... It was short-lived. They the brought out extra stuff for it. Loads of add-ons. A bit like crossbows and catapults. They brought out brought out add-ons. But the, the popularity wasn't long-lived, to be honest. It, it, they stopped producing it in 1991. So it was only a four-year span and i dare say by 1991 i'd been i'd been long sick of it or tired of it and hadn't and hadn't played with it for a for a while but then you know i think at that time i think it was due to the increase in popularity of video game consoles i think and i think that was certainly the case with me so at number four is manta force did you have manta force if so, hit me up on Twitter at Geeky Retro Nerds and let us know. And Crossbows and Catapults as well. Did you have it? Let us know. So that's number four. The incredible Manta Force. So what's at number three? Well, at number three, we have this. Japanese advert there, I'm, I'm sure you gathered. And even if you don't speak Japanese or understand Japanese, I'm confident that you knew what the content, or you know what the content of that advert is because there was two massive clues in there. And I'm cheating a little bit because I'm, I'm, I've got two for one at number three here. So, um, did you recognise the music in that advert? It was, of course, Alex Kidd in Miracle World. And it was uh, built in to the Sega Master System 2 console. And I loved that console. It, it's probably, it, well, it's definitely one of my favourite consoles, if not the favourite console I've ever had. And when I was um, sort of looking into or researching the Sega Master System for this... There is a tremendous amount of um, information about the background and how it was developed and um, the, how it was released and people going bust and all sorts. So it's a, it's a whole podcast in itself. But I've only got a couple of minutes here, so I'll stick to the short story. So obviously we had the Master System 1 and that accepted cartridges 
and little game cards as well. And that was released on the European. Now this is this was at a time when there was there was always staggered releases around the world, and it it wasn't um, rare for those uh, release dates to be massively apart. Sometimes it'll be months and years. So Jap- Japan will get it one um, one year, and um, America the next, and Europe and Europe the next. It, it, that 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 was the way it worked back then. Now it's sort of like you get it all at the same time. Um, but the Sega Master System, the first version, was um, the European release was in 1987, and it retailed for 99 pounds, which was equivalent, or at 2016 anyway, it was equivalent of 256 quid. Um, and it was, and it was a popular console. I think it was more popular in Europe than it was in America. And then the Mega Drive started coming out in 1988. So we'd only just got the Master System when Japan started getting the Mega Drive, which was the 16-bit version, uh, like an upgrade compared to the 8-bit capability of the Master System. Now, I had the Master System 2. And I think it was sort of towards the late 80s, very early 90s that I had this. And like I said at the just before there, it had Alex Kidd and Miracle World built in. And that game is absolutely fantastic. Now, way, way, way before Sonic the Hedgehog, um, Sega had this little fella called Alex Kidd. And at the time, people were saying it was Sega's answer to Super Mario Brothers, um, of course, which was taking the world by storm on the Nintendo Entertainment System. And it kind of was, but I liked it better. I thought Alex Kidd was better. Um, and it was, a, it was a tremendous platform game. There was loads to do. Um, you could punch stuff. <laughs> you would, when you pressed the punch button, this massive fist would come out. And you could punch fish and these little sort of creepy crawlies. And uh, you could punch blocks to get uh, money. And there was levels where he was on a motorbike and a helicopter and a boat. And at the time it was like, wow, this is absolutely amazing. And it got rave reviews at the time. Um, and, and even sort of now, you know, you see people like IGN doing retrospective reviews and they still give it 9 out of 10 uh, really high marks. So it was a tremendous game. It's the first computer game I ever properly completed that I ever sort of 100% finished I remember being so pleased with myself it took us a while because back then it was when you lost all your lives that was it you were you were done for and you had to start again unless unless you knew what the cheat was for Alex Kidd in Miracle World if you died um if you got killed in the game you turned into a little sort of spirit a little angel that floated up to the sky and then it would cut to a, a sort of, um, I think it was like a sort of scene where Alex Kidd's eating a hamburger or something for some reason. Um, and if, if you pressed up and mashed the two buttons, because there was only two buttons on the Sega Master System controller, if you mashed the two buttons together, you would get a continue. But that only worked so many times. So you could only do that so many times, and then once you were dead, that was it. You had to start again. So it was quite a challenge. I was really chuffed that I finished it. Um, but yeah, that's at number three, the Sega Master System 2, and in particular, Alex Kidd in Miracle World. I was so excited with that. And later on as well, I got the add-ons. I remember my dad coming one day, and he had the light gun for us. 
it had the shooting games with it, which was like at the time was mind blowing. It was, you were, I was thinking to myself as a kid, it's never going to get better than this. It's never going to get better. It's never going to get better than this shooting this bit of plastic at the telly, um, and and had such a great time with it. It was brilliant. So that's number three. So what could possibly be at number two? Well, this. Ah, my friends at Nintendo have placed four Super Mario games on the same cart for less than fifty of your pounds. Super Mario Brothers One is pretty tricky. <laughs> <laughs> Super Mario Brothers 2 is a little more advanced. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers 3 is... But Super Mario Brothers The Lost Levels is so difficult, it could actually unhinge the balance of your mind. Aren't you that talentless celebrity women find repellent? See what I mean? He's completely tonto. Mario starts infuriating innovative Nintendo. So before I go any further, did you recognise the voice in that advert? When I was searching YouTube for adverts for these um, things that I'm talking about, I found that advert with Rick Mill talking about Super Mario Brothers All-Stars for the Super Nintendo. Now, I cannot for the life of me remember Rick Mill doing adverts for, for Nintendo because when you, when you look further... There's a, there's a good few adverts with Rick Mail <laughs> uh, advertising Nintendo stuff. So that was a that was a pleasant surprise because I love Rick Mail. Um, absolute genius. Anyway, yes, Super Nintendo. Who didn't have a Super Nintendo um, in the early 90s? Um, the one in particular that I had was uh, Super Nintendo bundled with Super Mario Brothers All-Stars. And um, I asked my parents for this. Because um, my best friend, when I was that age, um, Eggy, he had a Super Nintendo and we used to play it all the time. We were playing Mario Brothers and Street Fighter and it was just like, oh, this is so amazing. I, w- I really want one of these. And I know, I know I said before that the Master System might be my favourite console. Uh, I might have just changed my mind. <laughs> Um, it's a toss-up between the two. Super Nintendo was fantastic. Otherwise, it, uh, um, obviously, it was a it was a better console than the Master System. It, it was it had better graphics and what have you. Master System had great games. So did Super Nintendo. Um, but I asked for this for Christmas, and my mum always tells this story. And if she's listening, she'll know exactly what I'm going to talk about here. Um, I asked for this for Christmas, and on Christmas Eve, I was hyper. I was excited to the max. I, I was I was just so excited at the prospect. I didn't know I was getting it because because and this is the thing these days. Kids seem to know what they're getting these days. What do you want for Christmas? Oh, I want PlayStation. Right? Okay, we'll get you it then. But back then, we we didn't know. We didn't know what we were getting. And that kind of spoils it these days, I think. Kids know what they're getting. Back then, you didn't know what you were getting. It was just, uh, you know, you, you wrote a list and you thought you were sent off to Santa and you hoped for the best. <laughs> so I was mega excited because I, I didn't know what I was getting. So I couldn't sleep Christmas Eve. Uh, I didn't sleep a wink. Christmas morning comes round and as usual, me and my sisters are knocking on my mum and dad's door to go down super early. We go downstairs, I grab the present that looks most likely to be a Super Nintendo, I rip off the corner, I say that it's a Super Nintendo, 
And according to me, ma'am, I just flake out and go to sleep <laughs> because I'd realised I had the Nintendo. That's it. I've made it. I can go to sleep now. <laughs> what an idiot. So the Super Nintendo and Mario Brothers All-Stars is at number two. So what could possibly, possibly be at number one? Hmm. Well, let's find out. Number one is this. The Force is back. The Rebels won't tire till they see the last of the Empire. And Kenner's there with Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. You're in my sights, Luke Skywalker. Not for long, Darth Vader. It's X-Wing Fighter and Imperial TIE Fighter. Action figures each sold separately. Batteries not included. Time for the old surprise swoop. Our wings hit. Not bad for a beginner, but I'll be back. X-Wing Fighter, Imperial TIE Fighter and action figures each sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars. Return of the Jedi collection. So people who follow me on Twitter will not be surprised to learn that Star Wars Toys is my number one. And what can I say about Star Wars Toys apart from that they are the greatest toy line in the history of planet Earth. They are absolutely awesome. Um, that advert in particular is about the X-Wing uh, Starfighter and the TIE Fighter. A TIE Fighter from Return of the Jedi. And I got both of them one Christmas morning. I'm so, so lucky to get them. And I remember my dad had the X-Wing and I had the TIE Fighter and we're flying them around the living room. Uh, happy, happy times. I was absolutely over the moon with them. And when you and they lit up and they made noises and when you pressed the wings on the TIE Fighter, they came flying off. Brilliant. Absolutely loved them. Um, so, yeah, Star Wars, my number one. Um I've really enjoyed taking a trip down memory lane and talking about my old toys and stuff that I got for Christmas. Um, thanks very much for listening. And I'll have at least one more episode before Christmas. So stay tuned for that. And I'll speak to you soon. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.